The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. Good evening, everybody. G. Cobb with you on VoiceAmericaSports.com. And uh, we're talking sports, and uh, I've got... uh, Bob Cunningham with me. Bob, you there? I'm here. Okay, we've got Bob, and we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, what's going on in the football world, of course, and uh, talking about the Eagles and, and, and also some of the things going around, going on in the NFL. And this was uh, a week, I mean, really, uh, even though this is the off season, there's no such thing as a week where nothing happens. And, of course, there's always something stirring here in Philadelphia, and uh, one of the things was, uh, you know, the little tit-for-tat that uh, Donovan McNabb and, uh, and Deshaun Jackson got into. But, you know, one, one of the big things, though, going forward with Deshaun Jackson, and, uh, you know, I wrote it, uh, about it uh, on my website about the fact that you've got uh, Deshaun Jackson, who is a, a great, I mean, he's a great player, uh, great speed, doesn't have great size, and that's why it's going to be interesting seeing what what happens going forward with how they uh, develop as an offense and with Kevin Cobb uh, behind center rather than Donovan McNabb. How do you think this is going to work out, uh, Bob, with regards to, you know, you've got uh, Deshaun, who's much smaller uh, than Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy's developing and, and maturing, coming into his own. How do you see uh, these two uh, you know, where do you see it going from here? Well, I mean, like you said, they're uh, they're both very talented. My only concern is uh, they're going to be playing in a traditional West Coast offense, which they haven't been playing in. Uh, you know, everyone can talk as much as they want about Andy Reid and his West Coast offense, but the fact of the matter is he hasn't been running that for a few years now. You know, they've really been running a vertical, explosive kind of attack. Uh-huh. And uh, so this is, it's going to be brand new for Deshaun. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm worried about Deshaun, uh, how he's going to hold up because he is smaller, you know, having to take those slants and those drags over the middle on those intermediate routes. And uh, just Yeah, now if they go through more going. of that, it, it really is going to change the offense. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, that Jeremy is going to be, uh, you know, more of the, you know, of course he's going to be there all year this year as compared to, Stepping in last year, where he came in and he, he wasn't the he wasn't the starter the whole time, and he he really wasn't in the flow of everything, um, you know, from day one. But you know that's going to be the case this year, and so I'm interested to see as to how this whole thing looks. And then the thing that's going to play out is, uh, you know, how how do they react to each other? I mean, are they, you know, as positive about each other now? 
as, as positive as they are about each other now. Will they be that way in the future? You know, because I, I think that um, that relationship uh, will get strained a bit. You know, uh, even though they, you know, that doesn't mean they necessarily wanted to get strained. But I don't know any <laughs> two receivers that haven't at some point where the relationship has gotten a little strained because of the fact that uh, you know you got two very talented receivers and they believe, look, if we want to win, they need to be getting the ball to me. You know, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out. So, anyway. Uh, I, I talked about the fact that, we, you know, and, and, we, and you mentioned as well about the fact that they uh, will probably look more like a conventional West Coast offense. Now, uh, how do you think it's going to stack out? I mean, you've got all these receivers. You've got Brent Selleck. You've got Jeremy Macklin. You have Deshaun Jackson. You've got Jason Avant. Uh, you've got LaShawn McCoy coming out. Who stacks where do you think going forward with the guards to how many catches they get and uh, how, how do you think it's going to stack up going forward uh, with Kevin Cobb uh, at the helm? Well, first off, the guy you got to look at is uh, Brent Selleck. Uh, you know, not only is the tight end the security blanket for a young quarterback, but those two are buddies already. You know, they're roommates, so they know each other very well. Uh, Cobb will always be looking at Selleck because he trusts him because they have a personal relationship. So. Mm-hmm. I think his stats are going to go through the roof. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Jackson uh, step back a little bit and for Macklin to excel because he fits the West Coast style better than uh, Deshaun. Now, now how, how do you think of the play? I mean, if it does play out that way, you know, how, how do you think Deshaun's going to be able to deal with that? I mean, you know, you know, he can still, of course, have some big catches down the field. But, you know, Last year, he was the focal point of the passing attack. And if he's not the focal point of the passing attack, you know, the interesting thing to me is, you know, well, you know, how will he react to that? Because you're definitely talking about a change. Yeah, I mean, you, you just have no idea uh, with Deshaun. He's shown already that uh, I don't, I don't want to say that he doesn't uh, he doesn't always say the right things. I think, it's, and I think a lot of it is inadvertently. But uh, I think he does feel like he needs to be that number one guy. And if he's not, whether it's just because he doesn't fit the system as well or, you know, for whatever reason, he might get a little agitated, especially because, you know, he's not playing on the contract he wants to be playing with. So, yeah, I, I have no idea, but it, it could very well be an issue. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. At all. And, uh, you, know, and uh, you know, we could see this thing uh... – become combustible, you know, where it, it, it becomes toxic. And I, I, I want to see whether, you know, Kevin Cobb is, and Andy Reid are going to be able to keep it healthy because uh, this is one of the problems you have when, when you've got some talented players and, you know, uh, you can have, you know, a healthy competition and uh, I could see where guys in that position might not ever really become, you know, the closest of friends, the best friends. Because they know, look, if he's throwing the ball to him, he's not throwing the ball to me. <laughs> and, um, you know, that, that's, like I said, it could be something healthy. You know, you've, we've seen, you know, combinations of receivers have a lot of success together because one is kind of helping the other because they really can't focus on one because of the success of the other. So 
you know that that that's something that could be there. But you you always though have that healthy competition. And I wrote about today that you know somebody in the you know uh, in the Eagles, a, a source around the Eagles had told me that Jeremy Macklin has made it a point to say, look, I want them to talk about me the way they talk about Deshaun. I want people to talk about how I'm, the, you know, such a great receiver, and, you know. And so that is, uh, you know, that's going to mean that you're going to have a healthy competition. And it's also going to mean that both players are going to have to be willing to share uh, the receptions, and, and, and we'll see if they're able to do that because, uh, you know, it's easier said than done. But, but it's definitely something that uh, I think is going to be part of uh, the Eagles' picture going forward, and we'll see how that all works out. Now, uh, of course, we talk, we've got so many people talking. You know, I'm, I'm tired of the guys talking. I, you, know, I, I, you know, Brent Selig was on TV today, and, again, he was talking about how great, you know, they, you know this, they're going to do this, gonna, you know, Kevin's going to do this. They're gonna, you know, I, I just see them falling in a, in a trap here where, look, if you do it, everybody will know. You don't have to tell anybody. Uh, but, you know, to talk and talk and talk, you know, you've got a team that's talking. And, you know, I mean, you've got great players in the league that haven't talked as much as these guys have already talked. And you're going like, please. Now, I like the fact that Deshaun uh, seemed to be getting, you know, hip to it and saying, look, okay, I'm not, I'm not talking about what we're going to do and how great we're going to be and all that. And he started backing off of it. Just to be, you know, hey, you don't have to say anything. Look, we're going to try everything we can. I, we have faith in my, I have faith in my teammates. Blah 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 blah. You know, what, what, what's your old take on it, Bob? I think the problem with that is uh, they're a bunch of very talented but very young players, and uh, they've been around. A few of them have been around for a few years. You know, Selleck and Jackson. Macklin's going into his second year along with McCoy, but this year, as opposed to other years, there's they don't have that veteran presence to pull them aside and tell them, you know, shut up. Uh, don't get sucked into all this talking about what we're going to do. I mean, you look, they always had McNabb to tell them to shut up or Westbrook or, uh, you know, whomever it may be. Mm-hmm. Those veteran guys are gone. So now it's just a bunch of young kids who are uh, very confident and maybe don't know how to reel it in. Yeah, you know, and and and, and the uh, the thing about it is, uh, you know, it's it just it just nonstop. I mean, they keep on telling people, "I'm gonna, we're gonna do this," and because we've got, uh, you know, Kevin, we're gonna be able to do this and do that. You know, hey, just go out there and do it. You don't believe me? When, if you do it, everybody will know. They have these games on television, you know, and that there uh, is no reason they won't be able to do all that, but. If you go out and you're running your mouth and you're running your mouth and you're running your mouth and you're slow out of the gate, believe me, the dogs have already circled and gone, I thought these guys were supposed to be so great. Hey, what happened on this play? I thought you guys were supposed to be, why couldn't you? You guys could have, goodness, I know you guys let these guys shut you down. You know, explosive as you guys are, what happened? I mean, Kevin's supposed to be getting the ball out to you, though. You know, and, and, and really, they wound up putting a lot of pressure on Kevin Cobb. And i tell you, even at the camp, you know, he didn't look good at that camp. He didn't look good at that minicamp. And I know he probably was pressing. 
And uh, I saw where uh, Andy Reid had to pull him over and talk to him. And so did Marty Morningwood. They pulled him over there to talk to him. Now, of course, you won't read this in any of the papers or anything, even though everybody was standing there. See, you know, uh, Quentin Michael picked off two passes in, in the goal line. I mean, you know, in the red zone, Quentin Michael picked off two passes and still running with both of them. Now, you know, like I said, you won't hear about that anywhere, but, you know, hey, you know, that would make me say, look, you know, maybe we just need to just shut up and go out and do it rather than, you know, getting all this, you know, what, what, what's going to, we're going to do this and Kevin's going to do this and come on, <laughs> come on, you know, but, but, you know, but, but we'll see. But that, you know, that's the kind of thing though I could see where, you know, uh, they, they start, you know, uh, thinking that everything's going to be like that Kansas City game and the, and the New Orleans game. And, you know, that, that's not the way it's going to go. And uh, that, that's where, you know, we'll, we'll see. But anyway, uh, with the NFC East, uh, Bob, uh, you, you know that this is going to be a tough division. How do you see the Eagles? Where do you see their competition coming from? Uh, you know, and, and how do you think these teams are stacking up, you know, with note of, you know, what they've done draft-wise uh, going forward and what the Eagles have done draft-wise um, you know, I know we might have a break coming up, but what do you see going forward with the with the Cowboys, the Eagles, the uh, Giants, and the Redskins? Well, uh, the biggest competition is obviously going to come from Dallas. I mean, you look, they've improved, it seems, in every area. Uh, their only question mark is going to be who takes over for Flozell Adams. But uh, drafting Des Bryant was huge, especially with how they match up with the Eagles, because now they've got all three of their wide receivers are 6'2 or taller, and they're big guys. And uh, now you've got a guy like Felix Jones in the backfield who looks to take more of a featured kind of role. And then even behind him, you've got Marion Barber and Tashard Joyce still. Uh, you know, Romo is back there again. That offense is going to be very tough. Uh, DeMarcus Ware is always a game changer. And now you've made the division better by trading Donovan McNabb within it. And the Redskins automatically become that much of a better team. Uh, and even the Giants, uh, the Giants have kind of stood pat. I don't know that they've done a whole lot. Uh, well, they did get the safeties. Uh, you know, they, they, they got the all-pro safety in the intro role. Uh, and they drafted a couple safeties. Uh, so I know that, you know, they felt that was an issue. And then they got, uh, of course, uh, uh, Paul... Uh, um, who is, uh, you know, a lot of people say, you know, might be the most talented defensive end that they that was in the draft, but, you know, he's, he's kind of raw. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Hello? Yeah, so uh, that's uh, the, the, the Cowboys are clearly the class of the division, uh, and it's going to be very difficult for the Eagles to compete with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, if the Redskins' defense is as good as it was last year, you add McNabb then on the offensive side of the ball, he immediately makes their receivers better. He, he makes everyone better. He makes that entire offense better just because of what he can still do with his legs. I mean, he can make up for a poor offensive line. We saw that at points even during his time in Philly. Mm-hmm. He can make up for an offensive line, even just having a bad day with uh, his escapability and even with uh, the aging running backs they've got back there, the threat of the pass and of McNabb will make them better and open things up for them. So, yeah, I would say uh, the Cowboys. Uh, and then after that, it's really a toss-up. 
Uh, I don't think the Giants did all that much to improve. They overpaid for Entrell Roll. Mm-hmm. Paul's hit or miss. Uh, and the Redskins, you never know what's going to happen with the Redskins. They've got so many unknowns, you know, new quarterback, new coach. But they will be much better. But I think after the Cowboys, you could see 8-8, uh, eight and 7-9, eight, 6-10 and ten kind of cluster down there. And I, I just I think it will be competitive within the division. But as far as the powerhouse division, I'm not sure we're going to see that. To be honest, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I See, I personally... I think the Giants rebound. You know, if they their defense was just horrible at the end of the year last year, but I think offensively they're better offense than they were. You know, the year they won the Super Bowl because uh, they've got uh, wide receivers that I think that are better. You know, you got Smith who was an All-Pro wide receiver last year. Uh, I think Akeem Nix is going to come into his own. We start seeing some of that at the end of the year, uh, but they can throw the ball better. And I think you know uh, Eli Manning has become more. Uh, polished as a, a quarterback from a throwing the ball standpoint because he's got more weapons. And then uh, they, they still can run the ball, have that capability. But, you know, defensively is going to be the key with them. I mean, is uh, O.C. Umanura back? Uh, are we going to have a good year out of Tuck? Can they rush the passer the way they have in the past? Um, so, I, you know, I, I think they're going to be a better team. But uh, I, I do uh, still think Dallas is the class of the division. And uh, with the addition of somebody like Des Bryant, who is just, you know, I was just looking at some tape of him. Uh, I mean, you see a guy that big fielding punts, uh, avoiding people and outrunning people to the end zone. That, that's kind of scary. I mean, a guy that big uh, to have that kind of quickness. Uh, and you know what they're going to do against the Eagles is they're going to get him in positions where they make the Eagles have, uh, secondary have to tackle. You know, especially um, you know Asante Samuel, and and they're going to attack them that way. But it's going to be a, it's, it'll be an interesting year uh, because you know with McNabb down there, uh, with the the Giants, you don't know what you're getting. With the Redskins, you don't know what you're getting, uh, and, and really somewhat with the Eagles, you're not sure of all what you're getting. It, it's going to be an interesting division, and and we'll see whether it, you know it adds up to what it was previously. Now with the NFC. Uh, who do you think has helped themselves? And looking around the NFC, looking at some of the top teams like New Orleans, uh, who else? The Minnesota. You got, of course, um, um, just thinking through a Green Bay will be up there. Uh, what, what do you see as the, the challenges the Eagles are going to have from uh, the teams in the conference? Well, I mean, obviously, if Brett Favre comes back, uh, like most expect him to do, the Vikings. I think, uh, become the best team in the conference. Uh, I tend to think they got uh, worked over a little in that championship game. But, you know, you can't, uh, you can't not talk about the Saints uh, defending Super Bowl champs. So uh, the Vikings, the Saints, and the Packers uh, look like they're just one or two uh, kind of things falling in their way to really get going. Aaron Rodgers uh, has looked spectacular. Uh, so I think those three teams, along with the Cowboys then, that's probably the class of the conference. I, I just don't see the Eagles being able to compete with any four of those teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but if, and if Brett Favre doesn't come back, the Vikings are probably back to being a, a one-and-done playoff team. So, yeah, you know, the, the amazing thing is that they, they played their hand that way. I mean, um, and, and I guess, you know, they're probably confident that Favre is going to come back. But for them to play their hand, 
that way, meaning like they got all the pieces to a Super Bowl champion there, uh, except, you know, the quarterback situation and, and that, that they wouldn't, uh, you know, give, you know, even look into McNabb about that. Um, that, that that's kind of amazing to me. Uh, I don't know how you, how do you, how do you look at that? I thought they should have made a much bigger play for McNabb than they did. I mean, you got a guy, uh, Chili is up there. He would obviously be able to work with McNabb right away. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think not going after McNabb tells them that they really believe Favre uh, is going to come back and that if mm-hmm. he doesn't, they think they can make up for the downfalls of uh, either Tavares Jackson or Sage Rosenfels. Uh, you know, I, 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 I find that hard to believe, <laughs> that they feel like they can win with those guys uh, because, you know, in the past they've tried and, you know, they haven't been able to live up to it. Now, maybe they've deciphered the offense more. Maybe they feel like they've deciphered the offense more and now we can, we can go, on, go with these guys, now we can depend on these guys. But, you know, I, I'd be shocked, though, if uh, – you know, if it does work out that way, you know, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just amazed though that they played their hand that way because, you know, they they could have they could have had more of a confidence and 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 been able to, I think, make a run for a few years, um, you know, with with the McNabb aboard, uh, rather than going with, um, uh, you know, going with with these guys and you know, depending on. Uh, Brett Favre, who you, you know, who you know that is capable of of dragging this thing out. You know he's going to drag it out to the last second. <laughs> it, it's just amazing. Like but, uh, no, go ahead. Even a guy like Jason Campbell would have made a lot of sense for them. I mean, uh, right. the, the Raiders gave up a fourth round pick in 2012. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's next to nothing for a guy like Campbell, who all yeah, I mean, he, you know, you make a good point. I mean, he he could have been somewhat of a security blanket for them, you know, to 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 go there, you know. And even I, if they I mean, thought far was come back, you can sit Campbell behind him for a year, whereas you can't sit McNabb mm-hmm. for a year. But Campbell, you can sit for a year, let him learn behind Favre, and then come in and and play. Because I think Favre only plays one more year. Uh, if he comes back at all, but I mean, yeah, I thought well, probably another year if he does. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just astonishing that they would go, they would, they would, uh, they would choose to go that route uh, as opposed to uh, you know uh, going with McNabb and knowing that they could have a three, four year run. I mean, you got all the pieces in place, and every year for the next three or four years, they would be a, one of the picks to go to the Super Bowl. And and uh, but but uh, you know they they chose not to do that. I, you know when the whole thinking behind that, I, I don't understand. Now, um, Green Bay, wh- how good do you think they are? Of course, they had that explosive game in the playoffs against the, the, the uh, Arizona Cardinals, uh, but they couldn't even slow down the Arizona Cardinals from a defensive standpoint. But how how good uh, are the Packers? Uh, we know that they can score points, but have they improved that defense and? And really, how how good are they? The defense is uh, is going to be the question mark. You know, Charles Woodson can't play forever. Al Harris can't play forever. Uh, and, and they did. Uh, they folded it up uh, against the Cardinals, and I think that was alarming for them. But 
I think that offense is going to be even better than it was last year, uh, especially if they can get Brian Bulaga playing immediately and, and improve that offensive line. Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's just he's looked phenomenal. So uh, I think with uh, the offense, uh, another year together, uh, improve the offensive line, and uh, they could make up for the shortcomings of that defense. Uh, just in that, you know, in certain ages, in certain spots, they're far too young, and in certain spots, they're far too old. Uh, but yeah, as long as they can get that defense to just show up when they need to, Aaron Rodgers can put up uh, 35, 40 points a game. Yeah, well, you know, they they definitely are. They're explosive, and uh, I think the Eagles are going to try to do some of those things with the guards that are tight ends, because the Eagles have some depth at tight end. I, I think they feel... Uh, uh, they drafted this kid in the fourth round. You've got, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, Ingram, Cornelius Ingram coming back. So, you know, you've got Selleck. So, uh, you know, that would that, that be just astonishing, you know, the, uh, if they're able to really get that production from those guys and, and hopefully get some matchup uh, problems, create matchup problems for the, for the other team. Now, uh, continuing forward, um, you look at uh, back to the Eagles uh, defensively, uh, Bob. What do you think of the defense they're going to be sending out there to to play uh, it, uh, next year? I think it's going to be real hit or miss. Uh, Samuel has shown, uh, you know, what we thought all along that he's a, a playmaker, but that he has his obvious uh, shortcomings and that he seems uh, afraid to tackle. Uh, you know, like Deion Sanders was, you know, he's very re- reminiscent of Sanders. Uh, the defensive line, as long as uh, they can get those guys they brought in to contribute across from Cole, that could be a significant area of improvement. I mean, you got Bunkley and Patterson, who I think are very good in the middle, very good at playing the run. Mm-hmm. They need to step up their pass rush, but uh, then Cole is an all-pro. If you can get Daryl Tapp and uh, Graham or Parker or whomever to step up and finally get a pass rush, that makes Cole even better. Hobbs is a huge question mark as a starting corner. Uh, and free safety still is a question mark. You know, Is Harris going to be able to uh, learn from his mistakes last year and, and play safety the way they want him to? Or is Nate Allen the guy? Or is Marlon Jackson the guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just, you know, they could be uh, top five, top ten defense, or they could be down, you know, in the twenties. Uh, they are just so hit or miss. I just have no idea what they're going to be able to do. Yeah, you know, that that thing is going to uh, to really be interesting to see what happens and and how it all shakes out uh, with the um, with the with the defense um, being so young. You know, having holes that you know are back there and. Uh, expecting that, that they're going to be filled by some, some question marks. Now, Brandon Graham, uh, you know, the Eagles got the Brandon Graham, but, you know, he's undersized, defensive end, like they like, uh, kind of built in the mold of a Dwight Freeney or Elvis Dumerville, short, uh, compact, uh, quick off the corner. What do you think we're going to get out of him, Bob? Well, I mean, obviously you hope he can uh... – have the kind of production that Dwight Freeney had or, uh, or Elvis Doomerville. But, uh, 
And he, that, again, you just, uh, I'm not sure how he's going to be able to handle the NFL. Uh, I mean, in Michigan, he was a good player, but you didn't really hear about Brandon Graham as this standout kind of guy, game changer. Uh, so, I, I mean, again, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be real hit or miss there too. I mean, it, I think uh, his playing time is going to come down to uh, how he can uh, defend the run because that's what they like in a left defensive end too, a guy who can play the run. Yep. But uh, yeah, it's going to be tough for him in his first year, and I think we'll see a lot of uh, Daryl Tapp. Yeah. So you you know they'll continue. You would expect they'll probably continue to alternate and then back and forth, and then they hope that at some point this year that the, the kid they uh, drafted, I mean, uh, you know, that this kid catches fire and really starts really rushing the pass so well from off the corner to the point to where they have to think about doubling him because he can beat, consistently beat the single block. See, that's what Trent will do. He'll consistently beat the single block, so they have to double him, and that uh, opens up things for other people, but they – it doesn't open up, the, you know, and it really kind of exposes the fact, though, that on that other side, they don't have, um, they don't have that monster pass rusher coming off that corner, and that really exposes this team, you know, because then you have to blitz, and once you start blitzing, you're really kind of stepping into a trap against an experienced quarterback because, uh, you know, chances are they're going to they're pick you apart. So, I mean, you got a comment on that? I mean, I, I, that's the way I see it, but how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, that's uh, blitzing, I think, should, should be a luxury and not a necessity. When you get to the point where you feel like you must blitz, you have no other option than to blitz to get pressure, then you are facing a real problem. And I think that's what McDermott got sucked into last year. He felt like, you know, on third down, he had to blitz. He had to bring somebody if he was going to get any kind of pressure because it just wasn't coming from the front four and mm-hmm. importantly it wasn't coming from that left side. So he should be able to drop the linebackers back and feel confident that the front four is going to get pressure. If he doesn't, the whole thing just falls completely out of whack. Agreed. Uh, you know, they, they've got to be able to get that pressure and, and that's why uh, but, the, you know, the thing is, not only did the Eagles uh, grab Graham, uh, they grabbed quite a few pass rushers. <laughs> you think about it. Uh, they grabbed uh, you know, Graham. They've got Daniel Teo Nashim, uh, the kid they, they took from Washington, who they're going to bring in to be an inside pass rusher. And uh, throughout all of this, we did not know that Victor Abiyamiri had had microfracture surgery on his knee which makes him questionable forever. Mm-hmm. He may never come back. And that's why they went out and they got those defensive ends. But uh, what do you know, if anything, from Dan- about Daniel Teo Nishim? Or Nishim, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, no one's sure. Uh, I watched some, some film on him that was available. I mean, uh, there wasn't a whole lot. But uh, he looks like a guy who's explosive and knows how to control the guy across from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might not run around them a whole lot, but once he gets his hands on them, he knows how to manipulate their body weight. And, uh, you know, the push-pull kind of move is a big thing for him. 
But, uh, I mean, yeah, there's talk they want him to take over that Darren Howard kind of role, uh, yeah. move inside on third down and what have you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's another uh, another question mark. Not really a small school guy, but not a big-time school kind of guy that we know a whole lot about. You know, he's on TV every week. Uh, another one of their third-round flyers. Uh, he's a guy without a position, really. So, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so now, now we got there. him. You talk about, uh, you know, tail and the shine. Uh, now you add to that Ricky Sapp, <laughs> which is Ricky Sapp is a, you know, a, a tweener, a guy mm-hmm. who's supposed to be able to rush the passer. He's not uh, huge from, a, you know, a, a, just a girth standpoint, but he's very tall for a linebacker. And he has uh, very good speed. So, you know, what would you have to say about, uh, about him? Well, from everything I'm reading, it looks like uh, Sapp is going to get a chance to compete at Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yep. Alex Hall is apparently taking reps at defensive end. Mm-hmm. That's uh, true. Yeah, they're both about the same size. So, But, I mean, the Eagles do this every time with our Sam linebackers. You know, why do we want to move a defensive end and stand him up? Why can't they just draft a Sam linebacker? Yeah, after the call, I, I don't understand, you know, their their desire to do that. I, I, you know, I just don't understand why they want to play, you know, experiment. You know, you know, the experiment that doesn't work. You know, uh, you you make sure you go get the real thing. You know, you don't need to be doing these experiments. You know, but they continue to like to do experiments. Uh, I don't get it. But Sam, the the Kong experiment failed. And that's fine. You wanted to experiment. You thought you could do it. That's great. You tried it. It didn't work. Why try it again? Draft a guy who played strong side linebacker in college mm-hmm. or a guy who played Mike and you think uh, can play Sam, can take on. Now, I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, you know, Stuart Bradley might be their best Sam. Yeah, well, that's you what know? he played. He's at probably the best Sam. He's got the size. He's got the speed to run with the tight ends. Mm-hmm. But they've got him playing Mike, mm-hmm. and but he might be their best Sam because he does have the the size and the speed to run with the, you know pretty much all the tight ends in the league, and you know he's a good cover guy. That's one of his strengths is his ability to cover. Because you know it was kind of surprising at first when I saw uh, you know Stewart and his ability to cover people because. He's got a very good, you know, change of direction, and he does a good job in the in the pass coverage for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. He does he does a good job of that, but uh, you know, I, I I don't I you know I just wonder at times you know, with with um, what you're saying that I I would tell you I just do not like experiments. I don't like the way that web works out, and we're going to see what's going on with um, with Sims over there as well. Ernie Sims uh, will be playing. Uh, that will linebacker spot on the weak side. He'll be the guy that be coming over, uh, you know, trying to clean up everything and try to clean some people's clocks. Now, what do, what do you think of Ernie Sims? Don't know a whole lot about Ernie Sims. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. He's little, man. This guy is little. You're yeah, talking about five eleven. You know, two twenty-five. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. You can pretty much take an inch and five to ten pounds off anything they list a guy at, but. Uh, they like his speed, McDermott. Mm-hmm. Can't say enough about how fast this guy is. And I think I, he ran like a 4-5 at the Combine mm-hmm. and was a top-ten pick. 
Yeah. And uh, you know, I always give the benefit of the doubt to guys coming out of franchises like Detroit or Cleveland mm-hmm. or Oakland yeah. who have just been such a pit. Uh, I mean, he might flourish in this system, but, man, it's hard to take a guy out like Akeem Jordan, who is such a physical presence, uh, and insert in Ernie Sims, especially when, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that he'll be able to handle the beef that comes out of the NFC East. You know, that's the thing. I, you know, concerned with Gaither, and Gaither's bigger than he is. Yeah, you know, see, and that's one of the things with the guards, pretty much all, everything the Eagles are doing, that uh, I understand their thinking and how they want to be quick and they want to be fast and everything. But if you look at their competition in the NFC East, you couldn't think of a worse division to be trying to get, you know, so small because uh, they're physical, uh, you know, they all got the physical running games. All these teams run the ball, and they're very physical when they run the football. Uh, and and that's what the Eagles are basically doing, and um, they 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 are going to be challenged in that way because these guys are going to try to put the ball on the ground, and if their offense is is good, if the Eagles' offense is as good and explosive as they hope it will be, they're going to grind it out, put it on the ground, pound the Eagles, try to wear their defense down, and keep their keep their offense off the field. That is going to be the mentality of teams. And we'll see whether the Eagles are able to stop them because I tell you, they are a small football team. I look at, um, you know, you could have, you know, you have, you know, uh, Brandon Graham, who's not that big. Uh, you know, add him to Ernie Sims, who's not that big. Uh, add them to uh, Nate Allen, who's not that big. You, you just got, you know, a, a small football team, and even their tackles aren't that big except for, for Dixon. So, mm-hmm. so you think they'll be able to to deal with NFC East with that size disadvantage and and be able to deal with it all year? No, I, I no, I don't. I, I think a lot of the reason why they were in games last year was because they had that explosive offense. Their defense was on the field all the time and getting just pounded and pounded and pounded. But the offense could come out and score in two plays, and bam, mm-hmm. that was that. This offense now, uh, they might keep the ball longer. But are they going to be able to put points on the board at the end when it counts? They're so young. Are they going to be making these goofy mistakes in the red zone, you know, uh, just not reading things uh, on Cobb's part, not reading things the way that McNabb would have, uh, making goofy mistakes and giving up points? And then that's just it puts their defense back on there. And, you know, they're going to get bullied, I think. And uh, it's real, like you said, getting small in this division just does not seem to be the way to go, especially when the other three teams are doing nothing but getting bigger. Yeah, well, you know, they have, uh, you know, they have got a, a mentality where, look, you know, it's, it's all just, you know, speed, uh, size is irrelevant, so we can be small, but we're going to be fast. And when you do that and you've got a whole team of those guys, you know, maybe you don't give up the long run, but, but you give up the four or five yards again and again and again and again, and somebody grinds you and pounds you, and you can't hold them up because you just got such a tremendous size disadvantage. You know that. Uh, you know I wouldn't. I wouldn't have made a move like this. I wouldn't have. You know. You know. Done it the way they have. But this has been the Eagles' choice. Now, uh, look. Looking at the. You know. We talked about their defense and everything. Now, special teams. We got a new coach in there. 
you think Sab Roca's in place? You know, they got to they bring in another guy to possibly take his spot. But how do you feel about that, Sab? Uh, I think not going out and drafting a punter uh, probably says that Roca has at least this year to play out. Because I mean, after this, then uh, he's gone uh, unless there's still no salary cap by then. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they brought guys in to push him, but I think that's really all it is, is they want to give him some competition. I don't think they're really looking to replace him because uh, he hasn't been very consistent. But right now, he's the best option on that roster. Mm-hmm. Ron Brooks was okay in Washington, you know, uh, got replaced, and uh, Ken Parrish looked good in training camp last year, but he got the ax. So, yeah, and he's, he's back again this year. Yeah, I think Rook is going to uh, – I think he'll be able to beat those guys uh, fair and square in training camp. And uh, they just kind of want to get in his head a little and make him think that uh, he is replaceable this year and just see if they can get something more out of him. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely think that's, that's, that's pretty much, you know, the deal is to um, try to get in his head, you know, from that standpoint. But, um, you know, I wonder, you know, looking at this team, we talked about the size issues. We, you know, we talked about the fact that they're, they're so young. Now, if, if they get out of the gate slow, and, and they've got a tough schedule ahead of them, I and mean, they've got, you know, looking at some of the teams that are coming to play the Eagles in, in the Lincoln financial field, they have got some, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's going to take a great, effort you know if they're going to you know try to go back to the playoffs I mean it would be a a, just an outstanding effort if they're able to get back to the playoffs but because they've got so many tough teams that they're going against uh you have you had any thought uh any thoughts of, of what kind of record you think this team can put together I think uh because they are even for their youth they're a very talented team Deshaun Jackson obviously you know a great athlete a very good talent. Macklin in his second year is going to be much better. Uh, Selleck, I think, is you, you got to start talking about him and the crop of guys as uh, you know some of the best tight ends. Well, maybe not right now, but after this year, you will be talking about him like that. Uh, Justice is going to get better at right tackle. Obviously, center is a question mark. Peters will be better. Cobb is obviously a huge question mark. And then the defense is one big question mark. Uh, I think a good season for them. If they come out of this year eight and eight, that would be a good kind of expected turnout for them because they are so young. Uh, and even where they're not young, there's a lot of turnover. I mean, guys like Ernie Sims, he's a veteran, but that's a new face. Uh, so, and you're obviously going to have a new starter at Sam, whether that be a Foku or Hall or Sap or whomever. I think eight and eight is realistic but it wouldn't surprise me to see them go seven and nine and it wouldn't surprise me if they went you know nine and seven or even managed to pull out ten and six it's all i think a lot well maybe not all but i think a lot of it is going to depend on how much cobb has actually learned and how he's able to to put it all together week after week mm-hmm. yeah well that that's that's what we're going to see you know is how and what he's going to be able to do you know and putting it together get in there and to and to be productive because, 
there's not going to be a lot of uh, you know people are gonna, aren't going to expect him to you know take some time to to uh, to develop and get into a rhythm and that's why I would have refrained from all of the talking. I mean, they didn't have to say anything. They could have just played a humble pie. Every team in the league thinks they're going to be great. You know, some people say, oh, I love it because they're showing their confidence. They're confident. I'm going like every team in the league is confident. (laughs) That means nothing in the NFL. I mean, every team. I was on some bad teams, and we thought we were going to go to the playoffs. You know, at this time of the year, you know, everybody. You know, everybody thinks, "Oh man, you know, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a great year." You know, blah blah. Until uh, you know the the first ball is kicked off, and you really get the sobering to realize that you know what, these guys that that, that a lot of people didn't think were any good, they're not any good. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and and the, the challenges that people had predicted that the team would have, you start finding out. You know. They are having these these same issues, so uh, that that that's one thing. I just would like to see that team, that those guys, just kind of pull back on that because uh, that's all going to fall on Kevin Cobb's head, you know, if he doesn't start off like a you know a ball of fire. If he doesn't start off like a ball of fire, they're going to you know uh, you're going to immediately have the comparisons. You got McNabb right down the road. And it could become like a hellish uh, type of experience for Kevin Cobb, and you could end up, you know, uh, you know, really kind of chasing away his confidence. And uh, you know, I mean, I don't know that that's going to happen. I mean, this all could be could just go by. But if you go in there, you miss a couple passes, you know, and uh, you hear some boo birds, and you know, that's that's not easy to deal with. It won't be easy to deal with for him. So we'll see how that. Um, how that shapes up and everything. That, but we've, we've talked about pretty much everything. Now, the coaching staff. How, how do you feel about this coaching staff, uh, Bob? Uh, you know, Andy Reid and his group, some of which some of the guys, of course, have left. But uh, what do you think of the, of the group he has over there now? Well, I mean, Reid, uh, I think he's very good when it comes to uh, the coaching part of it, molding players, getting them to where they need to be, having his teams prepared. He's very mm-hmm. good at that. Play yeah. calling, not so much. You'll never get a vote of confidence out of me for Reed as a play caller. Uh, a lot of the times I'm watching these games, and it's like it's like he's playing Madden. You know, uh, you know these random flea flickers or play action on uh-huh. uh, third and one when you haven't run the ball a single time all year. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, and then having a guy like Morinwig at offensive coordinator, I think it only exacerbates the problem. Because he's the same way. They come mm-hmm. from the same, the same school of thought as far as how to run their offense. Yeah. I think if a coach is going to have that big a hand in the offense, he needs to have a guy who's going to contradict him every once in a while. I think that's what Chile did, and I think they're missing that, and they have missed that ever since morning we got in there. Uh, and yeah, because they, they pretty much so are the same school of thought with regards to, you know, passing will make everything right. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they, they, you know they have that kind of mentality. The passing is always going to be the answer, whether things are going well or going or not going so well. They have the ability to change it up and to go with something a little different. I think is is something that they should go into the into the season having something of that sort. But as I said, I think you've got some people, you know, buying into what the press is saying. 
and, and nobody knows. Uh, um, nobody knows what's going to happen and how the season is going to work out. And, and, and that, but that will, we will find out because we will definitely find out because it's going to be shouted loud and clear everywhere you go uh, you know, with regards to that. Now, uh, look at the, you know, the entire league, uh, the whole thing with the LT situation. With the uh, rape of the little girl, I mean, what what are you what what are your thoughts of that, Bob? Uh, man, you, you don't know enough about what happened. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They're coming out and saying that uh, she told him uh, she was nineteen. All this, yeah. I really don't even care. Uh, you shouldn't be messing around with a nineteen-year-old anyway. That's he, right. He's well. He's got to be in his fifties. Uh, maybe not quite that old, but. Mm-hmm. You know, he's certainly old enough. He shouldn't be messing around with a 19-year-old girl, regardless. They're talking about there was prostitution is at the heart of it. That's right. Uh, it's, it's sad to see a guy like LP who had so many problems, but he's been out of the press now for so many years, mm-hmm. uh, seems to be getting his life back on track, and bam, you find out he's been mixed up in this stuff the whole time. Uh, it's, it's sad to see... Uh, one of the greats and one of the guys who you thought was trying to get his life back in order That's fall right. so hard so quickly. Yeah, you know, and he's been kind of up and down. I mean, he's he's he's, uh, he's been having all kind of problems, uh, but you know, pretty much with substance abuse previously. Now, another guy that's been on a lot of people's uh, minds and thoughts uh, is the young linebacker out of USC, who. I mean, he just messed it up. We're talking about, uh, of course, Brian Cushing, who tested positive. Uh, what are your thoughts of him? They they decided to re-vote on the Rookie of the Year, defen- Defensive Rookie of the Year award. Now, he won it again. How would you have voted had you had the opportunity? You voted for him well, or against him? I, I would have voted for him again uh, because uh, not even so much as saying, you know, it's okay that he took the steroids or whatever, but – Going back and having the revote, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's an exercise in futility, uh, and you saw some guys even change their votes from guys like Matthews or Bird or whomever to Cushing, just because they thought the whole process was ridiculous too. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. You can't go back and try to rectify everything like that just because a guy tested positive. I mean, you know, why not go back and uh, revote on LT's '86 uh, season and all the accolades he won? Because that's right. Come out now, it's ridiculous. It, it makes no sense. I think that they open a uh, a bee's nest of trouble by going that wet route, and they start pulling, you know, taking back your awards and things. Because uh, I can tell you, you know, years ago in the '70s, the Steelers had a great defense, and believe me, it was a steroid. Rule defense. I mean, offense. Excuse me, offensive line. And I remember Mike Webster, a, a uh, offensive lineman. He was the center for the Steelers, mm-hmm. and he'd go come up, and his arms looked like looked like somebody's legs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, I mean, they, if anything, they looked somebody's like somebody's legs that had been doing a lot of lifting. I mean, that's how huge he was. And. Um, you know, they, they, you don't hear anybody saying anything about that. And pretty much those guys admitted that they were using steroids, but, you know, it's kind of been blown away and because that's the, you know, the part of the NFL they want to keep sacred. And 
it's a shame, but you know, you got that 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 story that I just said is is truthful, and then, um, you know, it's, it's it's not not a good one. But anyway, uh, did you have something else to add? Uh, well, I mean, it's just the whole steroids thing in general. I think is uh-huh. a little overblown. People talk about uh, guys on steroids and all this stuff, and it all gets lumped in together. Steroids, you know, like Vasily uh-huh. Hansen was suspended for a month last year. And all the reports said he tested positive for steroids. Yeah, he that's tested right. positive for a diuretic that is sometimes used to mask steroids. But he had a perfectly reasonable explanation for it. He took yeah. it as a diuretic. Yeah. You know, you talk, oh, you've got to be responsible for what you put in your bodies and the whole star catch thing. The NFL and all professional sports, really, have gone so wacky about steroids that you're going to, you know, ban diuretics and you know yeah, I know I, you know that, that but banning all that other stuff where where you get guys uh, you know they're not able to you know they're not able to do much uh because you know you 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 got them watching they got to watch what they eat and, and then you got guys missing time who really weren't trying to cheat anybody that's mm-hmm. you know that that's what you don't like I mean cuz you know people come to see the superstars yep and if you you take those guys away, I don't think you're really helping yourself. Uh, you may think so. You may try to convince people you are, but that you're really not helping yourself, I don't think, by doing it. So. Well, and I think the biggest thing that's going to come to an issue is they're trying uh, with the whole substance uh, policy and uh, their campaign, you know, to end head injuries and uh, concussions and all that. The best treatment for a guy who's had concussions is hormone replacement therapy. Pump them full of testosterone, and that's supposed to help. A guy like Westbrook really should be on testosterone and hormone replacements, but he can't do that because if he tests positive for enhanced levels of testosterone, he he will be suspended. So he can't do that. And then you have uh, terrible things like what happened with Andre Waters and whatnot. A guy who wasn't getting the proper treatment because of the stigma that's been put on all this, and mm-hmm. they really—it's going to come to a head eventually when they realize that hormone replacement therapy is the best solution for this. But it goes against everything they've been preaching. It's going to come to a head, and that's going to get ugly. Boy, I should say so. Uh, you know, I've talked, to, I've heard about the, that the NFL Players Association is thinking about, you know, trying to get something changed in, in some way. But uh, we'll see how, how that all works out. That's it's going to be interesting. Of course, you got the. Collective bargaining agreement uh, is going to have, you know, affect a lot of things uh, going for, going forward. And there's no telling whether they're going to be able to work it out or not. And, you know, I've heard that things have gotten a little feisty because you're talking about some huge dollars they're cutting. I mean, cutting, they're, they're deciphering who's going to get what. And um, we'll, we will see how, hopefully, you know, the thing we don't want is we don't want a work stoppage, man. We don't want that. I mean, what would you do if they, they decided they weren't going to play? I don't know what I would do. Sit in a ball and cry for a few months. I don't know. Yep, well, I, I hear, um, I think I hear the, the music. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate all you guys that are joining us um, on uh, G-Cop in the House. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to do it again next week. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Thanks a lot, Bob. I want to thank you, Bob, for coming on. He, he did a tremendous job. Thank you, Bob.
Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.